Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Fosterkew. I love eating as much as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict shame and all sorts of other things that are rubbish. It's complicated and I think fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Hello Wonder Guys, this is a special Bloomin' One please. This episode was recorded live in July as part of the Underbelly Festival in Cavendish Square. You will remember me wanging on about it at the time, begging you to come and see it in person. This is the podcast version of that. My guests were the absolute dream megastar team, eating heroes, Joe Brand and Jay Rayner. Yeah. Jay has a new book out, Chewing the Fat, as you'll hear. The other thing to tell you before we get into it is that I've got previews online on my website, jessicafosterkew.com, throughout the autumn, not just in London, but mainly in London, but not all, which are uh, longer shows, some of whom are with my, some of which, not some of whom, some of which are with some of my snazziest comedian mates. And they're the very seedling beginnings of what will eventually be my next new show. Thanks for listening to Hoovering. Thanks for telling other people about it. One way of doing that is subscribing to it, which makes your life easier anyway, and giving it five-star reviews, which makes it sort of pop up on lists and stuff and helps other people find out about it. If you've got any spare um, actual money cash lying about, I'll have it. 
go to patreon.com forward slash the hoovering pod and you will see all sorts of very snazzy podcast related gubbins including discount tickets to live shows like the one you're about to hear the uh the sort of edited podcast version of you'd have been there and got it uncut and live and in your face and to meet joe brand and joe rayner um yeah i had discounts for patrons they get loads of exclusive content have a little look at it um, okay, links um, to all the things I've just said, and as ever, everything interesting mentioned in the podcast are in the podcast notes. In the podcast notes, if anything is written in capitals, that means I've turned it into a link to whatever the thing is. Right, let's get stuck in. Um, we're hoovering a Chinese afternoon tea, which is, as you can imagine, um, thanks to these two, finally quite well described during the podcast. So I won't rant on about it here. <laughs> um, let's just bloody go for it, shall we? Friends, please welcome to the stage Jess Foster Q. Hello, hello, this is nice. Hello, how are you? Shy, you're shy. Welcome to the Underbelly Festival. And welcome to this Hoovering Live. I'm your host. Um, my name is Jess. Um, if you're new to the podcast, it's called Hoovering, but it's actually about eating. So um, if you've come because you're a big pervert of, about f- floors being cleaned through suction, now's your time to leave. Um, no, thank you for coming. This is great. Um, been to see anything else here at this festival yet? No. Okay. Well... Come on, guys, go and see the other things as well. Um, yeah, so I've got to tell you the rules. Um, there's only one. If you're sitting down, masks off. If you're standing up, why would you do that? But if you're standing up, maybe it's some, you never know what people's compulsions are. If you fancy a little stand up, masks on. <laughs> Great. Uh, <laughs> normally, um, I'd ask my guests on this show, especially when I do live shows of a panel like this, to. Um, say sort of who they are and, and what they do but I don't think that's really necessary today because um, they're both such superstars suffice to say they're both very funny very brilliant writers and people who are open about taking a great deal of joy in eating yes please that is what this podcast is all about uh, long story short lads this is the panel of my dreams um, without any further ado please put your hands together and welcome my guests today Joe Brand and Jane Rayner That's droopy. That's Sorry. droopy. Sorry. Yeah. How are you? Uh, good. I think I'll just have that, actually. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I noticed that. <laughs> yeah. So what's happened here yeah. is um, we've got some... Uh, we're not far from Chinatown, where we were recording, in the grand scheme of London, about a 20-minute walk. So I've got a selection of interesting things from uh, a Chinese bakery... Uh, called Chinatown Bakery um, because that was particularly recommended but also because I think it's interesting also I've never tried a baked a Chinese baked good not a single one never a single one. Oh. oh no Okay. Um, no, and, it's fine, it's fine. and I've also never tried bubble tea, which I got from a place called Minty um, on Little Newport Street, which I feel like has never not got queues outside all these bubble tea places. And I keep seeing people with it and I want to try it. So this is fascinating to me. Um, I'm already f- sensing some trepidation from Jay. No, 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 I'm, I'm fine. I Yorkie, just, orange. I'm sorry in advance if it's disgusting. To make up for that, I've bought you the best thing I've eaten in the last decade, which is the new orange Yorkie each. A duo hey. each. Um, I'm going to say it, it's better than a Terry's chocolate orange, and I'll fight it. 
crikey. Yeah, fisty cuffs for anyone who disagrees with me on that. It's, well, wait till you try it. Um, Right, well, I don't know. So, yeah, I've labelled everything. (laughs) It's like an obsessive compulsive convention. It's... Yeah, Fantastic. it's also the chaos. Now I'm sat here, it's like I've just confronted you with like a really chaotic table of stuff. But you can choose a tea. There's rose milk, matcha, passion fruit, mint chocolate chip, pineapple or brown sugar. What's going to happen to you, Jay? I think, because I have no idea what it will actually taste of, apart from probably... Oh, no, actually, no. You don't want brown sugar. No, I don't. Pineapple, please. Is pineapple that right? for you, yeah. Jay. Uh, what's that one? Rose milk. Oh, shit, really? Okay. <laughs> um, right. I like him in a vase. And what's that? Matcha. Oh, I've never no. no. That I one? think it might taste of sticks. Um, passion fruit. Oh, yeah, that will Oh, okay. Um, right. I'm, Thank you. I mean, I know I'm going to like mint chocolate chip, but where's the fun in that? I'm going to try matcha. We need to discuss the wide bore straw, don't I we? I know. Look I mean, at the size of this guy. That's got girth. This is, you know... You don't know whether it's to drink tea or perform an enema. It's just... <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah no. <laughs> it's to taking out any audience members that don't laugh enough. Oh, OK, fine. Um, fine, fine, fine. Yeah, Reminds perfect. me of my husband. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Me too, to yeah, be honest. Not length. Um, <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Yeah, OK. Well, let's see what these taste like, and then we can... Oh, you've gone straight through the lid. Was that oh. how you meant to do it? Uh, I've oh, just... No, you're... All right, okay. Yeah, well, I'm going I have, in. I've I'm pissed. going in. Oh, you've unlidded. Yeah, I have. You're... I'm the sort of person that will cause a terrible explosion. I'll try it anyway. Okay. There's no. like. Um, now, I've got to admit, I have been on the bubble tea before. Okay. And, and I have since wandered past bubble tea emporiums going, why is there a queue for this? Yeah. Um, I'm, it's, it's a textural experience. I, like the, I do like the taste. I like the taste of the liquid. Yeah. But there's I'm not very bright, so I'm still trying to get into mine. <laughs> there's there's ball, like balls in the bottom of it that are... Um, tapioca. Gel- yeah. gel- right. What is tapioca? It's a... Well, I think it's tapioca. It's a, mm. another grain. Pudding. Yes, it's pudding. a pudding. We Isn't used it? to have it. I was born in the 1830s. I remember it was called dinners. <laughs> a fine source right. of calories to get you through the winter, Joe. Absolutely. <laughs> Just before they put you up the chimney. I quite like the taste of matcha, though. I was expecting it to taste of kindling, and it, it's nice. No. It's green tea. Yeah. Oh. So. <laughs> Three and a half years I've had a podcast about eating. <laughs> Sorry, oh, am right, I? Right. Oh, oh, shit. Oh, OK. Yeah, no, this is great. Great, great, great. Right, I'm yeah. Jay Raynard, and I write about food. <laughs> um, that's yeah. what I do. Yeah. No, so, no. Uh, right. If I come across as incredibly patronising, it's just a character flaw. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a massive fan of learning. Okay. In fact, I've already there's already something you you say in your you've got a new book. I have got a new book. And you say in it that everybody lacto ferments these days. Well, I don't. Um, oh come I mean, on! You live in Catford. They're, they're lacto fermenting <laughs> in Catford like there's no, no tomorrow. They're, they're, if it moves, they'll lacto ferment it. You Is know, that something you, know you, you do after lacto- childbirth to do with breastfeeding? Yeah, if you leave no. it too long, you sit, yeah, in the, it's sit in the sun for too long. Oh, yeah, yeah the, the, the lacto has fermented. It's, yeah. it's a well-known issue. Not what just is it, in Jay? What is it? Lacto-fermenting is, it is when you, um, instead of pickling, if you take vegetables like cabbage or whatever um, and add a little bit of salt rather than large amounts of pickling, you know, vinegar or whatever, uh, you will start to produce lactic acid in it. 
right. through fermentation. It's basically because salt is expensive and you didn't want to waste your crops. It's a way of preserving them. So kimchi is a ferment and it's yeah. done with a little bit of salt and a lot of other things besides. And it actually... I mean, is it does, lactic acid what you get that makes your muscles ache if you exercise... Uh, yeah, marathon up. runners get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah so they just know, fermenting. I'm a marathon they're fermenting. <laughs> marathon runners are fermenting themselves. Can I just say, Idiots. I did train for the London Marathon um, about uh, 10 years ago, and I'm very proud of this. I did two circuits of Richmond Park, which was 15 miles. Wow. Uh, oh, don't clap me. It's like, <laughs> oh, well done. Joe Brand. Oh, well done, the fat bird got round. Anyway, um, <laughs> no, because what happened was I came up to the, to the week of the marathon and I got flu, thank fuck, and I didn't do it. Oh. Get in. Get in. Well swerved. Okay, so we've learnt what lacto-fermenting is and it sounds delicious. Um, it's kimchi is what it is. I love kimchi. So there you go, you love lactoferment. It's yeah. sauerkraut as well. I'm a geriatric millennial, of course I love kimchi. Of course you do. And avocado and all the other things I'm meant to like. I okay. don't think you can lactoferment an avocado, but I might be... Yeah, I don't think you can. Oh, people are, what are people doing trying to bake them all the time? The, the are they? Yeah, they've tried to do that near me. Fucking... <laughs> That's not good. Stop yeah, it. I know. Well, you've got to call this shit out early in the podcast, I find. Um, what's the most delicious thing you've eaten in the recent days? Oh, toast. <laughs> Sorry, I'm the philistine on this panel because I have absolutely no higher taste buds at all. All mine concentrate on is kind of boring things that I had when I was a kid, like peanut butter. That's great. Sort of That's that right? so great. That's perfect. That is um, just like Robinson's orange juice to me. Is it? A little bit. Juice, is, is there meant to be bubbles in it? Well, maybe you've got. No, I'm not getting any one. either. Um, no, I'm getting ice. You getting ice? Um, I get, well, I'm getting a bit of pineapple pulp. Oh, okay. Mm, I know. I chose well. Oh Lovely. well, this first one things work well, yeah. Jess. <laughs> I have been in that bubble, whatever it's called, bubble shop. Have you? Yeah, my daughter's made me go in there, yeah. I've got two teenage daughters, so they sneer at me from morning till, till night. It's and they're into bubble tea, so, oh, okay. So it is, look, are you, they look young. Are you having a bubble t tea? No, but you've bought snacks, what's there? Uh, beetroot pesto, homemade capture. Oh, fucking hell. Well, uh, here we go. Um, Jay's going to come and sit with you, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well done, you. Lovely. told me how to bring a picnic. Oh, I love it. You are allowed to bring a picnic. On several of the communications on this, I put bring snacks in case you get jealous. Normally, the audience would be watching getting jealous, but I've made some weird choices. <laughs> So basically, if you want to eat well, it's the front table. <laughs> yeah. Beetroot pesto. Did you make that yourself? Yeah. Um, so how do you make beetroot pesto? I'll repeat it back to you. I'm, I'm curious. Um, boil the beetroot. Boil the beetroot. Uh, and then you stick it in a blender. Stick in a blender. Um, toasted sunflower seeds. Sunflower seeds. Oh, do you have a whole selection of vinegars in that? Several vinegar house. Several vin <laughs> so That's olive fine. oil as well and lemon. Yeah. Anything else? Um, basil. That's about it. Or whatever you've got really 
Basil. Oh, okay, well, if M&S doesn't take this within days, yeah. uh, basically I'll be very disappointed because that's what they're there for. Then you blend it all together, chuck it and buy some from the shop. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay, so, well, we've got fortune cookies, but there's also, let's try a food thing. That's a mystery bun. There's an egg tart. Ah. Uh, they threw it in, I think, as a thank you for buying I've got these to ask you, things. there's a sausage and cheese bun here. Yeah, sausage and cheese bun Is there. that from a Chinese bakery? Yeah, these are all from the same Chinese bakery, bakery called Chinatown Bakery. Barbecue pork shao bao. Oh, all right. Okay. There yeah. you go. <laughs> yeah. Let's get serious. Cheese and sausage and cheese bun. There's something there called a snowball. Might as well have called that mystery. Um, and then a green tea. What's that guy? It's green tea and red bean bun. I'm going to try that. I'm going to double green tea. Is there any of this you're prepared to risk, or are you just going to try the orange Yorkie? Um, yeah, it's very, very, very tempting. Um, I should, uh, well, uh, what, what's that? Oh, oh, there's also a red bean mini mooncake, which they uh, said this. No thanks. Okay. Oh, and um, this, I forgot this because it doesn't look like food. A triangle pandan cake that looks like something you'd line your attic with. <laughs> Feel that, give it a squeeze. Can I have some of that? Yeah. If right. you don't like the taste of it, at least you can comfy up your seat. Yeah, my pillows are getting a bit tired at home, so... <laughs> why is it green? I don't know. I don't know. Is it mold? It's what this bakery said they're famous for, so... Well, they're pandan cake. Yeah. Mm, OK. Yeah. What's so, pandan cake, then, what's Jay? What's pandan cake, please, Jay? Uh, this is where I get a bit hazy. OK. But it looks like one of those, you know, seriously fluffy sponges with... Mm. I think pandan's... I think it's... Does anybody else in the audience know what pandan is? Because I've gone completely blank. It's a leaf. It's a leaf. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Lovely. Yum. Oh, is that nice? Mm. Great. Mm. Oh, so this green, green, red, That's green, green That's the nearest tea. to Mr. Kipling you're going to get in China. Yeah. It's really love. I love how light the sponge is. It is like eating a cloud, big green cloud. I think that's got soya in it. Oh, God, I hope not. I was just saying to them earlier, like, weirdly, since I've been... Um, I was very mildly allergic to soya, and since I got vaccinated, I'm extremely allergic to soya. It's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah. Who knows what's what going on there? Oh, God. Uh, what happens? What happens? When you get um, a reaction? Well, a sort of, like, kind of um, IBS-ish. I haven't actually got irritable bowel syndrome. Well, I have when I have soya, but, um, yeah, so... Um, but, so that's obviously quite a bit later after the event, after eating yeah. it. No, it kind of happens straight away. All oh, right, well, the loo is just... So if I just get up and rush off for a minute, <laughs> it won't be long. Then, yeah, we're not no. doing it. So we won't probably with a vaccine. I'm not a vaccine refuser or a vaccine hater or anything, but I do think there are weird things going on yeah. with your system that that has somehow... You know. I know loads of people who it's stopped their period for a few months or given oh, them mine one immediately. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only 64. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, I understand you've got some strong feelings about Jaffa cakes. <laughs> oh, I can't remember what I said now. Did, I did you I... said you hate them. I Let... do hate them. Are there yeah, any... a few, so, yeah. Really? Is, yeah. This is this chocolate orange going to be all right? I don't know. Oh, no. I think Jaffa cakes, our grandma used to give them to wow. us. And I, I think they're neither a cake. I mean, they're basically like a sort of, I don't know, like something you might see at a gynecologist's. Where? 
Yeah, exactly, Jay. Where? Catford. The, no, they look. If you turn them the right way without the without the chocolate, they just look like they could be used to, you know, Plug to something. make a surface antiseptic or something. <laughs> they're just such a weird texture that I I just think and. I don't think they're a cake, and uh, but there's well, this constant argument: are they a cake? Are they? No, a it's no longer an argument. I can bore you with some Jaffa cake trivia. Please do. Let's have it. Okay. So the difference between a, a biscuit and a cake is um, a biscuit starts hard and goes soft when it goes stale, and a cake starts soft and goes hard. Mm, starts okay. hard and goes soft. I remember. Uh, yeah, I remember <laughs> that. What's the other way around? So starts. Biscuits go start hard and go soft. Soft. And yeah. Cakes start soft, soft and go, go hard. hard. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, <laughs> as a, throw, a, a throwback, I think, to the World Wars, cake is regarded as a vital food, which I'm sure is something you can get behind you. And <laughs> as a result, yes. it is non-vattable. There's no vat on cake. Oh. Yeah. So McVitie's needed to prove to the revenue that Jaffa cakes were cakes, not biscuits, so that they could sell them without vat. Um, and in the early 90s, there was a major court case, and McVitie's won. So legally, they are cakes. I thank you. Yeah. Very nice. Mmm, <laughs> delicious. Were there any foods that you love that you think most people hate, or hate that you think most people love? I do have a particular uh, taste for foods with the faint whiff of death. Um, Do you mean eating stuff that's still alive? No, 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 no. It's got to be definitely hot dead. Hot meat. I'm Do not, you mean like cannibalism? Um, <laughs> there are certain people I've worked with in the past that, you know, I would think that that would be reasonable revenge. Now, there, there are things, really funky foods that some people turn away from. Right. Um, there's a, a French sausage called Andouillette, oh. which stinks. It, it smells like a farmyard after they've, before they've cleaned it up. Um, it's basically a chitterling sausage, and I actually find those really funky things. It so just remind me on chitterling. Uh, it's it's uh, pig guts. Oi. Cleaned. Well, well, maybe you that, shouldn't. So have if you're, yeah. you're going yeah. to yeah. kill an animal, you ought yeah, to eat, eat the whole thing. Bits, so, Andouillette's um, really funky, and there are some people who turn their nose up at salted anchovies and blue cheeses and all that stuff. They're really fools. I agree. So, but there, there's a whole loads of people that oh, don't do that. Don't do offal. Can't do offal. Yeah, but I bet. Do you know? I think genuinely think if they unless they don't eat meat, the, most of the people I meet who say I don't do offal love pate. Oh, good point. Yeah, like I don't think people realise what they're eating. Oh uh, well, that, no. there's definitely that. By the way, I have to say this barbecue pork bun. Yeah. Is really, really, really good. <sighs> really good, and Get I don't in. care if if you don't want them, just you know. Okay, I'll fine. Take them home. All right, lovely. <clears throat> Good. I'm glad something. The thing with delicious. offal is like, um, like liver. Yeah. I mean, uh, have we got many vegetarians in here? Yeah. Not a single one. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Hands oh, gone sorry, up. It's a polite yes. podcast audience. We've got hands up. We need to holler. Is is you have to have a perfect bit without tubes in it? Because right. I oh, I live for so, a tube. Oh my god. <laughs> It's, it's like uh, poor scratchings with the hairs and the nipples. That's, oh, you know, yeah, that's, either you know what you... What? That's large. Either no, you know why you're there or you, you don't. Either you're doing yeah. it probably... You know, I don't, I don't think you'd be half an awful We had a lovely, innocent friend at university and we wanted some pork scratching. So he said, can you go to the bar and ask for a packet of pork swords? And she did bless her. <laughs> oh. I know. Oh. And the barman gave her one. 
Hey! Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I wish I had a I'm, drum I'm kit. Offended by myself. <laughs> offended by myself. Perfect. Um, five second rule, you two. Yes or no? And I think what I mean by that is, what's the grottiest thing you've ever eaten? I um, I've I've told the story already on this podcast. Once I had a nice, really nice last glass of a lovely bottle of port. And I knocked it over into an old rug that was already third hand. And the last two owners both had pets. And I got on the floor and suck, I sucked it out of the rug. Um, I've, I've got a five-year-old who... Thank you. Um, <laughs> yes, please. Um, and I've got a five-year-old who, when he's about so three, took him to the cinema for the first time. And in a sort of classic... I, sort of, I was enjoying the film. And I was like, turned around and went, oh, where's it gone? And... Um, he was on the floor mind-sweeping strangers' popcorn. Uh, and um, I felt a little bit proud. Definitely your kid, though. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, yeah, I mean, are you, are you squeamish about five-second rule, anything like that? No, half an hour rule. Um, I'm not at all. Uh, are you anymore? Are you, Jen? No, I'm not. I'm, I mean, not, you know, what happens at home stays at home, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and nobody can see it, so I could lie and say, well, actually, no, I have the most... Beautiful manners, and I never touch anything that's fallen on the floor. When you were asking what's the grottiest thing, my mind immediately turned to one of those hot dogs off the stand in Trafalgar Square oh. before a night bus home in the late 80s. And I got arrested defending one of those. Did you? Yeah. Why were you defending them? What they done? I mean, apart from well, crimes no. against food, what had they done that they needed defending? Oh, well, the short version of the story is I had had a few drinks. <laughs> I was with friends and um, one of those hot dog vendors, and there is gro- they're grotty, grotty hot dogs, but they'd had the gall, which I loved, to park up and set up right outside the entrance to the 24-hour Burger King in Piccadilly. <laughs> and I just thought it was such a lovely middle finger up to the man that we were like, oh, and one, a friend was like, well, I'm going to buy one. That's such a nice, I like that statement. So he was in the queue to buy one, and as he was queuing to buy one, this van of police they were all men, kept poured out, and they all surrounded the guy selling the hot dogs. They were, and um, my friend gave them a bit of lip, and they all surrounded him, and it was all very aggressive. And I, long story short, is I, in defense of my friend, who I felt like they were being very aggressive to, said, what are you trying to make up for? And made a gesture with my hand. And I got... <laughs> now, I spent a night in the cellars. Also, I've just realized I told that story. My mum's here. <laughs> What's Sorry, brilliant Mom. is your, your concern about telling her that story and not the one about sucking paws out of the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> well, she raised me. All oh, right, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've forgotten what the original question Well, the most was. horrible thing oh, I've yeah. ever had probably is I was at a party one night, really pissed, and f- sort of fell asleep holding my glass. I did. Uh, like you do and this, people put a selection of things in it while I was asleep oh no so there was like fag ends uh, uh, someone like scratched their sunburn into it oh. and you know so there was like skin on top like proper human skin and, and then of course I just woke up and went like that um, before I realised that it was just full of unpleasant things and threw up Anyway, yes. When you were saying grossy about the hot dogs, do you like them, though? I mean, people sort of assume, because of the job I do, whether it's a master chef or the restaurant club, the observer, whatever, that I am some, you know, velvet-cuffed fop (laughs) 
who is only happy if a swan has been roasted in my honour. And obviously, <laughs> I'm here for the swan roasting. If, <laughs> if, if there's one that can be roasted, that's fine. But really, I'm just a slut. I mean, I, yeah. All the people who do the job, so-called job that I do, we are just greedy bastards who will eat, you know, have done, uh, eaten almost anything. And yes, at the time, I, I was very, very happy with my sausage and onions Lovely. for the number N3 bus back th- to South London. There's a time and a place for all of those things. It only becomes sort of, I think, even like a late night kebab, it only becomes grotty if you're like, I think it's 10 a.m. and I've got one thing on my mind. <laughs> there, uh, there's another category, which is where you pay for a high-end experience and it's disgusting. Yeah. Um, and this is possibly a cultural thing. I, I, I did another book, which is a, a, about eating in expensive restaurants around the world, and got access to a tasting menu in Tokyo where 14 courses at... I, a lot of the very high-end restaurants in Tokyo run on a quasi-racist basis. They won't let Westerners in. But wow. I got, I managed to get myself in through various intermediaries, and they translated the menu for me. So I had to eat every single thing on that menu. Oh. And one of the dishes was salt-fermented sea cucumber. <gasps> and, oh, uh, it's not what it sounds like. Well, it's sea, sea cucumber, cucumber, which has been salt-fermented. But I've oh. seen them, yeah. If, if you imagine taking a, a, a trout, a raw trout, and putting it on the parcel shelf of a... Morris Minor, let's give it some... <laughs> on a hot summer's day. Yeah. And leave it till a real slime has developed on the trout. And then licking the trout. Aye. That's salt-fermented sea cucumber, and I hope never to meet it again. And the really tragic thing about that story is the amount of money I would have paid for it. Yeah, measurable yeah, yeah. in, you know, a, a significant amount of dosh went so, on that experience. And that's, you're talking as somebody who likes to eat things that have... have Touched to death. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and even that was where you met your boundaries. I met my boundaries. Face. I mean, actually, there was a lot of cultural issues with... There's a whole bunch of Japanese foods which are prized for their texture and that slipperiness, that sliminess. Mm. Uh, there, like there, whale, actually. Isn't that supposed uh, to be... I've never eaten whale, so yeah. I have no idea. Um, but we could was... do a brilliant dinner party there. Because what I would have to drink is, like, when my daughter was about one and a half, two, and we used to drive around and occasionally like give her a bottle of water to drink and um, she'd had a tuna sandwich um, and obviously she did like backdraft into the, into the bottle and then the, the bottle got sort of um, you know the top screwed on and about a week later in the car my husband was thirsty and he went oh here's a bottle of water and it really entertained us but not him I've got a thousand yard stare on now. It's just kind of imagining. Yeah. Um, I want to hear your thoughts on ritualistic eating. Are there any particular foods in your life which you believe demand to be eaten in a very exact way? I think the, um, you know, the classic example is a Cadbury's cream egg. But I know people feel fussy about baguettes. Is a thing. People either start with the inside, start with the outside. Anything spring to mind, Joe? Ask Jay first, and I'll have okay. to think. Um, well, I'm, I'm was trying to think of an example of this because it's such a lovely question, but the honest truth is no. Right. Really? I mean, yeah, I'm not. I, I don't. Well, I haven't eaten a cream egg in a very long time, but I don't think even so then now. that I was licking out the uh, the fondant. Yeah. Which is not a euphemism. I think you can um, <laughs> you can bite the end, both ends off a. Kit Kat stick and use it as a straw to suck up your tea. Well, may I I offer you a level up from that and use a Kit Kat chunky for that purpose and you will have a really great time. The tea can't be too hot. 
Warning. Okay. Mistakes <laughs> <laughs> have been made. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How did get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, how get 20, 20, how get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. Talk to me about eating growing up, please. Um, yeah, you mentioned... Lot of, well, also in your book as well, lot of carbs. Yeah, I mean, or my... would you say just like samey? Is that how you described it? Or, well, or yeah, it, the same things on rotation. It, yeah, the same things on a two-day rotation, <laughs> pretty much. Um, well, my my mum was kind of a pragmatic person who just did the least she had to do. I have got actually some friends, and the uh, my be- <laughs> my best friend's husband. Yeah, only three, and. Um, <laughs> He grew up never having anything else except jam sandwiches for tea. <gasps> Nothing. Can you imagine that? God, I know, appalling. Anyway, uh, so we were a little bit more imaginative than that, but it was very kind of basic stuff. And yeah. in those days, I'm sure, I didn't, do you remember this Vesta curry? You probably, you probably don't, you're far too young, but do you remember Vesta curry? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Curry? yeah. It's basically freeze-dried curry that you poured boiling water on. Oh, like a, pasta in a, like a pasta in a mug kind of sachet thing, but for curry. Yeah, but with, you know, you had kind of like horrible kind of tiny little grains of dried rice, which, which grew by about a millionth when you poured hot water on them. And um, the thing about it was it was sort of indistinguishable from cat litter, really. So you could just <laughs> eat that instead and there was more of it. But, you know, so we had a few things like that and we had a lot of beans on toast, you know. Yeah. And my mum could cook one thing, which was, like a, a mince pie not like a Christmas one a savoury one yeah and that was actually really nice that but she nice. that was only every two days obviously <laughs> so um, yeah and are you more ad- adventurous are you no, no. <laughs> that's why I got married to someone that can cook right. and likes cooking because I hate it Fine. I mean there's a brilliant quote by um Joan Rivers about Elizabeth Taylor where she says she's the only woman that stands in front of a microwave telling it to hurry up and um, I'm like that I'm afraid sadly love it I've got to tell you this this brown sugar yeah. uh, bubble tea this is the kind of thing your pancreas takes you to an employment tribunal because <laughs> it's just so sweet it's 
I am um, extraordinary. I took my son to an, an inflatable assault course recently. Thank you. It's one of the most sacrificial acts of parenting I've ever done. Was that for safety reasons? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, sort of, it's just bouncy castle turned into an enormous maze of bouncy castle. And in there, there was a, which none of them can, you know, not spot, seven flavours of slushy. Oh. And, you, and un, you buy a slushy and then you can do unlimited refills. And the only one I had any desire to try was sour apple. I'm, I'm, I'm saying you're trying to work out what the seven could be. Once you go through strawberry... Bubblegum, cola. Cola. Orange. All right. Ma- uh, mango. Ooh. Um, sour apple, which was the only one that gave me any interest. And um, Catford's changed, yes, doesn't it? Sorry. <laughs> liver. But I went. I, <laughs> yeah, liver. Oh, liver slushy. Um, I had one little sip of the sour apple and um, um, felt immediately I'd give myself diabetes. Yeah, it, it does. It does yeah. feel like that, doesn't it? Um, so, what about you with eating growing up? So, I, mean, I just steal the Rita Rudner gag, which was I had a standard middle-class Jewish upbringing. We were extremely wealthy. Um, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was... It was it, uh, some people will remember my old mum, Claire, uh, who was a very successful journalist, broadcaster, whatever. Um, so there was a bit of money around. Mm. Um, and we ate very well. Yeah, very, right. very... You know, we'd go... We, we went to restaurants a bit. Um... Places like Rules. She set chapter, a scene in it. She did a series of books, 12 novels set between 1780 and the Second World War. And there was always a scene set in Rules because it was there during that time period. Um, and, you know, the Chinese restaurants on Queensway were not unknown to us. At home, it was a bit curious, actually. It, would, it, it was deep into adulthood that I realised she wasn't the great cook that I thought she was. Okay. Um, she had this way with chicken, which was designed for a woman who was very busy. <laughs> So she, you remember chicken bricks? No, I do. Yes, yeah. I do. So a chicken brick chicken is, a ter- brick? is a terracotta enclosure. Oh. It, it comes off in half. Okay. You can fit a whole chicken in there from raw with vegetables and a bit of stock. You put the lid on. You put it in a like low a oven. No, not really. It's, no, it, it it's is a, a closed. It's, it's a brick. brick. I mean, yeah. basically, it's a casserole, but it's a, it's, a, it's a brick shape, and they were sold in Habitat by Terence Conran by the bucket load. Very nice. And so Claire would often put a chicken in one of those, put it in the oven, uh, go out, be incredibly famous, and then come home again <laughs> and um, <laughs> take the chicken out. And it really wasn't until I was in my 20s that I realised a roast chicken could have texture because... <laughs> After you've left a chicken in one of those for eight hours, yeah. it will just be mush with a few with bones swimming around in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was—it really was a revelation to me to think, oh, you mean that's what roast chicken is? That's why everyone goes on about this amazing, lovely food. Oh, is there anything you've both mentioned things there, like the curry and the brick? Mm. <laughs> the brick. Is there anything from your childhood that food-wise that's gone extinct that you really miss? I don't think it's extinct, but um, butterscotch angel delight. <gasps> it's not as good as it was. Is it not? No, I think they've made it healthier. What? <laughs> the Finder's crispy pancake, oh. which I'm not sure actually is ex- existing anymore. It don't, well, they don't do the best flavours. There's a few, aren't there? Just you cheese. can get the cheese ones. I used to like the mince ones. That yeah, it's yeah. the mince ones, which were uh, partly it wasn't just. You know the flavour of them and all of that. It was dicing with death because you didn't know whether you were about to get third-degree burns yeah. as you cut in. It was fantastic. And now you have to go to Greg's for a steak bake for yeah. that experience, <laughs> and it's not the same. It's not the same crispy pancake outing. No, no. There was a sweet. There was a. There were 
they were called vice versas, I think. They went extinct and I loved them. And they were like, did you have minstrels, but they, the ones that were brown had white chocolate inside and vice versa. Oh. And that, I loved I was those. actually, um, I did a little tour um, before uh, lockdown, everything started. And I was, some, I think I was Chesant in Buckinghamshire. And I was talking about those French patisserie cakes, you know, that have that are very bright pink colour and they have fruit on top and then they have a sort of layer of what looks like phlegm over them. And I don't actually even really know what that is, but I'd said to the audience, um, have you got a patisserie around here? And someone went, yeah, Greg's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was so spot on. <laughs> Mind you, it was Chesson. I mean, they, they, you can't move for French patisseries in Chesson. Well, that They, were, they were trying to outprole you. That was what they were doing. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's full of them. Have you ever been to a Greg's in Edinburgh or in Scotland? It's another level. Even Newcastle, actually. Tell Much me. broader selection. Yes. Well, Newcastle's the home of Greg's. It's the home of Greg's, yeah. yeah. But if, the further north you get, the more a Greg's so has to offer. So what do they have in there that's, that's great, then? Macaroni cheese in a pie. Oh, yeah. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Tatty dog. It's a hot dog, like we've got in these cheese buns, but surrounded by a, a, a cuff of hash brown. Yeah, boy. Mm. I hope I didn't get a noise of judgment there. Um, yeah, I think that's all I can remember. I don't bother looking at the sweet stuff. Have you I'm ever had a fried bread sandwich? No, talk to With me With brown that. sauce. Oh, my God. It's, uh, I know, you're going, uh, but when you're a student and you're really hungover, it's like food of the gods. Basically, you get, um, you know, sliced white loaf with absolutely nothing in it except whatever it's brown made sauce. out of an old sheet. And, um, <laughs> and then you fry your bread so that it's absolutely loaded with oil. Butter, uh, butter two slices of white sliced bread, shove it in the middle, absolutely cover it in brown sauce. And, oh, it is really lovely. I know, yeah. I know, I'm sorry, it is lovely. Yeah, I, I noted that the, at the point when we're talking, it's a few days after the national food strategy was released. <laughs> um, <laughs> which basically said we're a disgusting nation full of people who can't control themselves. And on that day, that very day, the saintly Nigella who posts the recipe of the day uh, posted the recipe for the Elvis Presley sandwich, which yes. is the fried peanut butter sandwich. And she yes. went, oops, naughty me. Yeah. Yeah, well, this podcast doesn't have anything to do with any of that strategy bollocks. Does that have to go much. in the microwave? <laughs> <laughs> Only if you want it hot in the middle. <laughs> was that telly moment of the year, or was it Something just one like of that. the contenders? It's extraordinary. How mm. could that not win? If you don't know what we're on about on Nigella's show, she described mm. a microwave seemingly, genuinely, and instinctively as a microwave. Um, I've got a friend, so posh, who she pronounces the chain noodle place Wagamamas. <laughs> <laughs> that is up there. That is up there. <laughs> um, you're both on telly on programmes about eating, tasting things. How often does that require eating stuff that you don't necessarily really want? Um, or is it just an unbridled life treats and dreams come true like it seems I, I think anybody who does what I do in the critics chamber on MasterChef who yeah. complained about that gig would deserve to be taken out and punched repeatedly yeah um, I mean the only the only thing I can imagine is that you probably are going to have to eat quite a, you have to quite taste quite a lot yeah I mean we that you, wouldn't be a you problem you don't do breakfast you don't plan dinner um, yeah. and possibly go for a long walk or a run or something yeah. before 
because we when we're doing it it tends to be eight courses the weird thing is it can go main course dessert main course dessert main course dessert main course dessert yeah but we don't. We only taste things. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the, the no, you TV grammar it, depends on a, an empty plate and knife and fork going down in it. But that is sort of stunted, unless the dish is really good. In which case, we just scarf the lot. God, God, I think I love it. And yeah, sometimes some of it is awful. Yeah. At which point you're thinking, I've got to come up with a better line to stop William Sitwell getting any time on camera. <laughs> <laughs> than just this yeah. is awful yeah. yeah oh god I mean I'm, I'm waiting for the call if you're listening um, I'd love to do that but on extra slice um, you it's in your book you said that you don't actually like cakes that much I that don't fast. like cakes that much <laughs> just no just so, a Victoria no, I sponge I like I like um, savoury really Sames. I love a Victoria sponge um no, because people come on to Extra Slice, they make cakes that look beautiful, yeah. but not necessarily taste beautiful. Ah. And they do quite a lot of kind of experimental stuff, like sponge cakes with courgettes in them. <laughs> you know, like not just mixed in, like a great big lump of them all soggy in the middle I had one day. I feel seen, but not in a good way. And also students try and get stuff past you as well. Um, so I remember <laughs> but one day this student was coming towards us with a cake and I had the producer in my ear and she said, do not eat the student's cake. <laughs> I think it had drugs in it. I don't know, but so I tried it. Anyway, no, it didn't really, which is a shame, but... So, you know, you get a real <laughs> mixture of stuff and you get a lot more pretty than tasty, to uh, be honest. Enough. I did get one dish on MasterChef, which was somebody trying to be very pre precise and dainty, which was a, a chicken broth with enoki mushrooms and little curls of beef. But for some reason, this person decided to dye the broth blue. And... What it, with? Do you know? I, I'm not sure what she used to do it, but it basically looked... You know those chemical toilets at Oh, oh no! <laughs> and I, it, was, it was inexplicable. I, and once more, what was really peculiar, it, 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 it tasted of almost nothing, um, and, but offered comedy gold. It has to be said. <laughs> but she got through, which is amazing to me. There was somebody wow. who was... Who, 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 it was, was John and Greg the great sages of MasterChef <laughs> deemed her worthy of going through. Can I just ask you something about MasterChef? Yeah. Like the people that go, they're like, well, let's do Celebrity MasterChef because I, I don't really watch all the other ones, I'm afraid. But um, it's that awful to say. But, well, do the people that come on, do, are they good at, at sort of cooking already? Or, oh, do, or you, do, do, they... you, do you want to hear a secret? Oh, I yes. do. All right. It's not talked about, but quite a lot of the people who go on Celebrity MasterChef hire very significant chefs to teach them in the weeks or two oh, before. Oh, that's cheating, isn't it? It's, it's quite well known that a number of them do it. And as they get through to later rounds, you can almost certainly see... Which the, chef? Which chef they hire. Wow. That, now, to be fair... Is so Keston responsible for that yeah. blue... Yeah, I, I want to make it absolutely clear, there are, th this is only a few of them. When, um, I know that Emma Kennedy is a terrific cook, yeah. uh, and she won. Cool, tell um, us some secrets. What's about Janet Street Porter? <laughs> <laughs> I'm too scared. Okay. That, that's she fair. is quite that scary, is isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. That is fair. And I'm sure it was all Janet's own work, and I wouldn't like to claim otherwise <laughs> in case Messrs. Sue grab it and run a listing. Um, 
Thank you. Did um, did your times spent in lockdown affect what or how you ate? I definitely oh, found myself acquiring a lot of new takeaway apps. I enjoy. I I, I work in the. I'm a comedian and I work a lot and out a lot and I love cooking and I uh, initially spent a few weeks going this is heaven all this time and then the novelty wore off <laughs> and uh, yeah hit me like a train how much actually I don't want to just be cooking all of the time so was your, your other half doing all the cooking in lockdown yeah well I, I'm, I'm a carnivore and one of my daughters is vegan and my husband and my other daughter are vegetarian so um, I'm not saying that, you know, I don't like vegetarian food, because I do, actually, I love it. Uh, but he is so much better at doing it. I kind of, you know, once I've opened a tin of beans, I don't know what to do after that. Are they vegetarian? Yeah, they are. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, he's, he's so much better. So he does do yeah. all of it, pretty much, yeah. I, I liked the fact that because, you know, I write about restaurants, and therefore I'm very supportive of the hospitality sector, and realised quite early on that that meant getting a takeaway was a socially responsible act. Yes! That it was incumbent upon me to do this to support the hospital. Mm -hmm. So that was great. Then I had a problem, which was I meant to review restaurants and I still had a column to fill. Yeah. And I found a way through the first lockdown. Um, in the most recent, well, who knows where we'll be by the time you're listening to this, but at the one at the beginning of 21, <laughs> I um, had couldn't write about generic columns about restaurants or whatever, or review boxes anymore. Right. So I started writing about key cookbooks, and I wrote a sequence of 12 columns about the cookbooks that have shaped us, and as part of them, I cooked my way through them. Wow. And it got really quite full on. Yeah. Um, and was brilliantly distracting. So, you know, I used to be scared of pastry, as in tarts and all that, and I'm, I, I can do that stuff. I'm, I'm fine with a tart. That's one of the happiest. What? One of the happiest changes in eating due to lockdown stories I've ever heard. Actually, that's a nice one. That is a nice one. Mm, yum in my tongue. What's the most futuristic thing you've eaten? Oh God. I mean, I've, I've, you know... Until today, and everything's today. made of green. Oh, my diamond pumps are pinching. I mean, I've, I've had loads of stuff with pipettes. Oh, God. Um, where a pipette is involved. I've had a lot of stuff where they well, you feed get it the pipette. to... Yeah, you get, you get the pipette. You think, oh, look, uh, the amount I'm paying, you can put the fucking sauce on yourself, can't you? Um, uh, Freeze-dried things, whiz things, things put through desiccators. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, and sometimes it's brilliant. There are certain people who can really do that stuff, and you're grateful to have... And come across it and that you think it was delicious and then there are people who just uh, saw a photocopy of a picture that was once in a magazine and think they can do it from that and it's it's terrible and annoying yeah so have either of you tried any of the anything shall we say futuristic protein any kind of um, lab made meat or crickets or anything like that i've eaten crickets i've eaten insects but and was it a nice time you had uh, yeah, it was fine. I mean, it was it was better for me than the insects. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the reality is, we're going to eat a lot of insect protein yeah. in the years to come. It's just the way it's going to be marketed. So if you've got a plate of bugs, most of us go. Nah. But it will turn up as a, a cheap meat alternative, and it will it'll be marketed as not as bug bug you like or something like. It'll be you know naturelicious. Oh. TM. Well, I think it's happening. It's already happening. I, I yeah. tried them. You can buy them to have as a snack now, grasshoppers and stuff, and I, I tried them on this podcast. It, 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 
there's nothing wrong. It didn't really taste of anything, but it's just all sticks. It's all sticks. Yeah, but it, it, the, the proprietary powders are clever. Yeah, exactly. they, they so work. If you can make like a, the, you know, something else out of it. Would you be up for eating that? Well, I ate a spider once for a bet. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was dead. It wasn't alive. <laughs> no, what? what? Spider fans in. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But um, no, I don't think I would be out for well, Although, having said that, and crickets or whatever, as long as you put a bit of salt on them, yeah, exactly. they yeah. taste all right, don't they? A bit they? of vinegar, a bit of brown sauce, and you're yeah. away. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've gone for an egg and sausage bun. Okay. Which cheese, is wheat. Oh, is it cheese and, and sausage? sausage. Yeah. yeah, actually, where would they put the egg? I'm going for a mystery bun. I'm going to try Ooh. this on your recommendation. Yeah. Definitely soy in that. Yeah. There definitely is soy. Oh, definitely, oh, definitely. Fuck, definitely. I'm not then. <laughs> um, oh, what can I have? Nothing. You can have the Yorkie oh, and be thankful. Yorkie, yeah. sorry, Joe. Oh, that's nice. Mmm. Mm. Oh, that oh, that's bouncy. Like What's mm. that one? Has <laughs> this got something in the middle of it I can yeah. eat? Yeah. No, is that's that... where all the soy is. Oh, I mean, oh. Uh, I'm only here to help. I'm, I'm just, you know. Oh, no, it's very helpful. Yeah, fuck it. Have it. Mm. It'd be interesting. Um... <laughs> <laughs> What are your sort of hopes slash fears, opinions on where you think... I suppose where you hope eating is going to go in the future. And I think I mean that in terms of, like, sourcing food, access to food, the environment, technology. It's a massive question, but I don't know. Any immediate angle, Brexit even, that comes to mind? (sighs) I'm only (laughs) sighing. I wrote a whole book on this. Yeah. Uh, And... We have, a, and, and we, we're, where we're at at the moment is really, we're really worrying. We were, we were at about 60% self-sufficiency before Brexit, with 10% of that being sent out the country, so 50%. We don't pay enough for our food, mm-hmm. so we're running towards the bottom. There's going to be single-digit food inflation, high single-digit, probably 8 or 9% by the end of 2021. Um, and despite the saintly Henry Dumby's national food strategy... Uh, that's not going to be alleviated for people on low incomes. Right. Um, it's all actually really, really shit and shocking at the moment. It's, it's really problematic. We are lulled by the full shelves we see in supermarkets, right. but they are not a realistic representation of what our just-in-time food system has resulted in, and we're likely to be seeing gaps, I think, before the end of the year. I know you've on just shelves. dropped on shelves that things are dropping into your lap, aren't they? In shock. Well, luckily it went on the floor. It was oh. that shocked. Uh, get out of the way. They're you not can, shocked because I've read down there if you like. And, um, well, really, what's going to yeah. be missing from shelves then? We we will see gaps in vegetables that they haven't got enough start, um, workers to to pick. Pl- pick. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll see certain things. Tin tomatoes. I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing those disappearing from shelves for a while because of just Don't pure supply. Don't hoarding these things if you're um, listening, please. That's going to make it happen quicker. One of the things that's already happened... Also, that's a note to self. Yeah. <laughs> There's been a, an absolute uh, reduction in the, the size of ranges by the food producers. Yeah. So, uh, Coke, for example, used to do something like 64 different product sizes. And they've uh, resolved that down, I think it's to a dozen. Because they can no longer get the... Uh, they, they just can't supply that number of products. And that's happening across a, a, an awful lot of foods. Um, it's, a, it's a bit of a mess, really. Yeah. Have you got any happier questions? <laughs> no. Right. Um, <laughs> no, uh, oh, it's so fascinating, isn't it? But, uh, but do you really not think that any of the like, big campaigns or movements to... 
um, alleviate all of those you know, oncoming future problems are, ma they're just not mass right, scaling. Here's, here's the real problem in this country, which is we talk about a thing called food poverty. Yeah. When really we should just call it poverty. Yeah. Um, and because of this thing called food poverty, there is this reluctance to pay more for our food, which is what we need to do because we need to invest in our food system. We've got absolutely used to paying too little for our food. Right. And anybody can say, well, it's all right for you. Your fat walleted, you know, restaurant critic with your big mm. John. You're right. It is all right for me. I'll be absolutely fine. But the result is that there is no investment in modern ag agriculture. And it's actually only going to end up getting more and more expensive. We're not going to be able to afford to shop on the international circuit. Um, so there will be this rush to the bottom. And really, what we need to do is alleviate poverty so that we don't need food banks rather than try and make food cheaper and cheaper to feed people on low incomes. I was going to... And it's just become question time. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, but what can we do about it? But it turns out, same old, same old, stop voting for Boris. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think... I. I do, I totally agree with what you say, but I also think it's kind of um, about education and about people just not having time, like, mm. you well, know. It's I'm the not time saying thing. the old days were like, you know, great, but uh, when, when now you have two members of the, the, the parents, both fam family members having to work, um, people don't have any time in the evening, so they just sort of go, oh, that'll do, and shove some ready-made thing, um, you know. And I'm not saying I want men or women to be at home kind of chained um, to, you, you know, to the um, cooker and chained to the, the sink, but I think it's more about sort of um, teaching people how to make nice meals out of healthy things rather than just going, oh, just bung a few potato waffles in but the it, oven. But it comes back round to that same point, which is people on low incomes in poverty are also time poor. Um, and but, yeah, but also I met this um, friend of my daughter's at school, very, very wealthy parents. She was, we just happened to be behind her in the, in the local shop. She was buying her packed lunch. Uh, two Mars bars, two cans of Coke, and two packets of crisps. Now, you know, you like to think that that the parents had a... Well, I know everyone sort of does that with their parents. They're like, fuck you, I'm getting another McDonald's. But I, I don't know. I just think maybe the, the mum, I know, used to work kind of 15 hours a day. She, she earned a huge amount of money. But she it, it was obvious that she was never there, and she never kind of cooked a meal. So don't think it's that simple in some way I think poverty is the biggest problem mm. yeah. but I also think I mean I did like what Jamie Oliver tried to do and I but I just feel that it, he just took on too much and you know you have mothers waiting outside schools trying to cut through the wires it was like cold it's wasn't it and shove a oh, few so chips in through it. yeah them, I yeah. know I think the, the fact is <laughs> like though there will all of these problems they won't be solved it, it, they'll all be sticking plasters yeah. Um, and, you know, again, this national food strategy said, had some re remarkable ideas in it. It said, being poor is really bad for your health. It will reduce your life expectancy, results in a junk food cycle. So what we need to do is, at which point we want to shout, deal with poverty. But no, what you need to do is get GPs to prescribe fruit and vegetables and have more people on free school meals. So it's, you know, it's basically, oh, look, you're, you're, you keep bleeding. Let's just put sticking plus over you yeah, then work yeah. out why you're bleeding. 
Okay, I am going to ask a nice light bubbly yeah, question. Yeah, could you? Sorry, guys. That... Say scrum diddly umptious. No! And then you can be in my podcast. Scrum diddly I just quickly, as I've tried it, want to mention this has got like a nice barbecue, I think pork as well inside, but the bun has got such a sweet roof. Sweet roof? I'm not interested in the sweet roofed bun, but there is a nice crackle, there's a nice texture on the sweet roof of the bun. Okay. Okay. (laughs) That was proper food talk. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? I mean, why am I here? (laughs) And what did you think about the sausage sweet corn and cheese one, Jay? It's, I hate to attach morality to food, <laughs> but that is filthy. I mean, it, it, it is the plackiest bun, the, the you know, arseholes and nipples of a sausage, and mm. the cheese. You can only use the word extruded for that cheese. Gorgeous. Or separating, one or the other. Are you using filthy in a bad way? Yeah. I, I, I think I am. Oh, I think I am. sorry. And I hate myself for that because that is attaching morality to food and morality only attaches to people, but you filthy, filthy bun. Still that sounds sound like quite a sexual sexy. come yeah, on to yeah. me. Stop <laughs> flirting with the bun, Jay. You're a um, bad bun. Okay, what, and so just a quick question. What's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? I'm going to ask you first, Joe, because I'm really worried that Jay's going to say something like unicorn horn. <laughs> the weirdest weirdest thing. thing I've ever eaten. Or have you ever eaten anything by accident that wasn't food in the end? Oh, you did have that spider. Yeah, I did once um, put some cheese in a bin at home and then I felt hungry, so I got it out and ate it. And... Um, it must have had some sort of bin juice contents Oy! on it. That was pretty amazing. You're going to live forever. <laughs> uh, we, we had cats for a while. You know where this is going. Uh-huh. Oh, look, anybody who's had a pet has eaten the pet's food by accident. You, you pass by... The, what? You, you pass by the work surface. There's something that brown that looks like, looks like food you put it yeah. in your mouth. And you go, and not oh, that's what kibble tastes like. Yeah. Yeah, true, true. Cat food. And what sort did you have? Did you have the chunky type in gravy or did you have the sort of pate type? Oh, no, it was squidgy? the dried stuff. Oh, that. It was oh. quite bland, actually, and I worried that the cats weren't necessarily getting the gustatory satisfaction they deserved. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, I've kept you guys long enough. I'm going to ask you my big last end question. Um, the podcast has been going for a while, so uh, these questions have got quite wacky it's sort of the epitome of a badly written question in the sense that it's very very long and pointless just stick with it okay and you'll get to the important bit at the end a child accidentally does a curse which means that fireplaces and pizza ovens all become portals to hell that suck you in it's awful everyone keeps flying off down these hell flumes into a fiery abyss luckily a science saviour agrees to use the anti-curse and sort us all back out but only if you two and weirdly it does have to be you two Joe and Jay agree to walk along rafts across the sea from Dover to Calais all the while singing each and every song from Madonna's Immaculate Collection the audience join me in this it sounds impossible but you do it you're a hero uh, your reward in reality is the adulation of all people for all time for saving us from uh, quick fire being suctioned into hell um, your reward in the moment though is the feast of your dreams now bear in mind it's the opposite of a last meal because you couldn't be happier because everybody you've gone down in, you know your place in history is sealed you couldn't be hungrier because it's bloody knacker in that raft walk and you were singing so you couldn't have any snacks so you're the happiest and the hungriest it's possible to be I would love to know in a fantasy situation where nothing has to be possible let alone fucking healthy ethical bleh. 
um, I would love to know in that situation what you would eat, what you would drink, and if you would like a who, with, and where, you may have a who, with, and where. Can we have um, who people? Does it have to be someone who's alive? No, it's fantasy. Oh, good. Okay. So I would have seventeen Big Macs. Yeah. Then I would have butterscotch angel delight. Yes. Then another, about maybe seven Big Macs after that. And then uh, rhubarb crumble oh. uh, with custard. Oh. And cheese Cold and, or hot custard? Um, well, when I have rhubarb crumble, I'm sorry about this as well. I have, I have cream, custard, and ice cream on it. Yes. So, sorry. No. Enough respect. Blessed be the fruit. And then I'd have cheese and biscuits. And yes. I love every sort of cheese. I don't like stinking bishop much. Well, I, if I hold my nose, I quite like it. But it is really stinky, isn't it? It is stinky, hence the name. Yes, indeed. The clue is in the name of yes, stinking bishop. Yes, it is. I know, it is very... Um, uh, so, and then I would have a nice fortune cookie uh, that I'd open. Um, I, and a friend of mine, actually, he, he got um, chucked by his girlfriend. And he was really miserable. So he went to a Chinese restaurant to have a meal. And he was the only one in there. And he opened, his, and he was very sad. He opened his fortune cookie and it said, you have a very magnetic personality. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, uh, and what would I have to drink? Oh, probably um, a Brandy Alexander oh, in lovely. a bucket. <laughs> one of those Weatherspoon's fish bowls of Brandy oh, Alexander. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. lovely. And, uh, and, and with anyone? Jesus. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, Jay. Jay. I think I've already done this. Yeah. In a way, because I, I did a. Sorry, it's just I wrote a book about this. But I did. <laughs> I, I wrote a book about, I did another book called My Last Supper, in which was posited on the idea of the whole idea when people say to you, what would your last meal on earth be, is crap because if you're dying, you'd, you'd lose your appetite. Yeah. So I wanted to have it before. Right. And so, I, you know, I could try coming up with something better than or I actually... Or just refer us to the book, it's or, or just do what I did, which yeah. was... So I got 40 people in a room above a pub. These are some of my greatest friends, musicians that I work with and stuff, and my family, because they had to be there. Um, so it started with snails in their shells with garlic butter, mm. and it went on through oysters, and then um, there had to be a piggy element, and I did bacon sandwiches, both back and streaky together... On white bread. Someone just went, yes. Oh. Um, yeah, someone in the dark's going, yes. Oh, oh. And next? And then rustling bowls of chips, of course, lots of them. I mean, it, this was platters of bacon sandwiches, platters of chips. There was salad. I like salad. Yeah, I um, like salad. And, salad. Then, and then I finished with a Mont Blanc, which is uh, meringue, whipped cream, chestnut puree with a bit of armagnac through it. And to drink... Um, there was a bit of Thunderbird Blue Label just for old times' sake. What? Um, a really good Trimbrack Riesling. And then, sort of to cap it all off, my mum tried to get us in... She didn't, want, she didn't drink much, but she didn't want to stigmatise booze. So when we were nine, she put together a drink which was an um, Advocar with a depth charge of cherry brandy. Oy. And because she'd been a nurse, pay attention, Joe, she called this blood and pus. Oh. And that was my that was my introduction to booze, and I, I I still have a warm place in my congested heart for that. So I think that would still be I I only I'm going to take you to that. the pub, and you've got to go and order one of those. A blood and, and pus, a blood yes. and pus, please. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, well, what's your fortune? Mine says you were born to be a star. <laughs> 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 
It's true. What's yours say, Jay? Variety is the spice of life. Oh, God. Oh, oh. God. Oh, dear. I oh, know, I'm sorry. That's not, that's not even a fortune. That's just a, yeah. a cliche. Uh, mine <laughs> says the star of happiness is shining on you, which is a complete fucking lie. <laughs> oh, dear. No one would buy them if they called them lie cookies and... <laughs> Cliche yeah. cookies. Why We're, don't they have like like anti sort of fortune cookies? Like everyone thinks you're a bit of a twat or something. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I might start doing those. <laughs> Just, <laughs> maybe yeah. not quite so so um, you know uh, sublimely horrible as that. But I don't know. It'd be m much more fun, wouldn't it? Like birthday cards are boring, aren't they? Yeah, oh right. fuck, you're still alive or something like that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you both so much for doing this podcast. Before we go, um, what would you like to plug? Obviously. Um, Jay, everyone needs to get your new book, Chewing the Fat. Anything else you'd like to tell the audience uh, here and eventually so, the one at home about? Yes, yeah, so Chewing the Fat um, is just out and on uh, early September, which is probably, yeah. I don't know when you're putting this out. It's early September, the day after it comes out. Uh, but you, uh, okay. presumably everyone here can pre-order it. All right, so the book's out on September the 2nd. On September the 6th, Joe is going to interview me about Chewing the Fat. We're basically doing this again, but getting rid of Jess. I'll, I'll come and watch. Yeah, you can come. Yeah. You can come at the Apollo Theatre. Uh, details Lovely. on my website, jrayner.co.uk. Plus, lots of jazz gigs are listed there as well. If oh, you great. hate jazz, don't go and look. <laughs> I've got a comedy gig in Ronnie Scott's coming out. That's going to be a Have you? Wow. Yeah, in the daytime. Oi. Yeah. Fun. Okay. Are you going to yeah. do some jazz? <laughs> Just try and sort of make my jokes a bit more rhythmic. <laughs> Six, eight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anything coming up? Anything uh, you no, want to give nothing. It to Perfect. <laughs> um, please, a round of applause for my amazing guests. Thank you. What an amazing hoovering. Um, Jay's book, Chewing the Fat, um is out now i think if not to get you can definitely pre-order it and it's out very imminently i think the fortnight max uh, until it's out um it's going to be good i've got a lot of love for all his other books too greedy man in a hungry world is one of my favorites and one of the best titles of a book of all time his twitter is at jrayner1 joe didn't want to plug anything as you heard but um, you've got to follow her on instagram you'd be a fool not to she is at i am not joe brand on there Links to everything, um, everywhere we got the food, everything interesting mentioned, as ever, in the podcast notes. Um, a, a correction, much like last week, I know Finder's Crispy Pancakes were brought up as being obsolete, and I'm aware, thanks to you, that they do still exist. Sorry, it was recorded before you had corrected me on mass online. Feel free to support Hoovering with lovely five-star reviews, with recommendations to people's faces. Um, a friend and a friend of the podcast told me recently she's found a new queer hairdressers where people are um, oh, talking to you, talking to the people whose hair they're cutting while they cut their hair and um, about hoovering and that made my month, not just my day or week, my month. If that's you, blumenek, thanks mate. Um, yeah, feel free to support the podcast financially, either with a one-off thing, a cast supporter, or go to Patreon and see all sort of very hoovering related things that I'll swap you in exchange perhaps a couple of quid a month. Um, it'd be lovely to see a new material gig this awesome. Frankly, all my gigs will be new material 
this autumn uh, up until winter I think follow the podcast on social media at the hoovering pod I'm on there at Jessica Foster Q anything longer than a tweet and a list of all of my live uh, gig dates and stuff always are on my website and um, when I say longer than a tweet I mean you can email me through my website as well it's jessicafosterq.com huge thanks to Raycast for hosting this podcast hoovering is produced by Emma Corsham and the music is by Mike Greenway until next week happy hoovering 